Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. Before we begin, I start this podcast off the same way every time. I want to say that I appreciate you. I love you. I'm so happy that you joined me today. Uh, your support gets me out of bed every morning, drives me, gives me the energy to drive me forward, and keeps me a little bit sane. Some of that is not true. Some of it is true. You can kind of figure out which one is. Which part is true, which one is not. But if you love what you hear, if you like what you hear, if, and if you don't really care but you want to support me, please kick, click the share button. Share this episode with your circle, with your network, so more people can understand what it's like to be left of normal. Last week, we looked at a bunch of little quirks from childhood. They ended up being preliminary signs of autism in my childhood, but... They weren't really recognized until years later when I was looking back at them and gained a little bit of insight. Uh, if you missed that one, check it out, especially if you have a child that you suspect to be left of normal. It could help clear some things up for you and help make life just a little bit easier. This week, we're looking at a topic that was brought up by a listener a while back. I had reached out and asked for some feedback on what you guys want to hear, what would be insightful, encouraging, or otherwise help clarify some of your thoughts and ideas of what it means to be on the spectrum or what it means to have a child on the spectrum. One of those ideas uh, came up, one of the topics for discussion was about compassion. And specifically, should compassion go from the left of normal to the normie? Or should it primarily primarily be shown from the normie to the left of normal? I wanted to combine this with another idea that was given, and that's the idea of parenting, especially when one child is left of normal and the other or others are not left of normal. I kind of see these two going a bit hand in hand, because if you have multiple kids and one struggles, this could actually be with anything, not necessarily autism, it's tempting to show more compassion to the, that kid than the other kid that doesn't struggle, or doesn't struggle as much. So we'll get into that right, up, right after we talk about compassion, how to show it, and who should show it. To get this started, let's look at what compassion means. It's similar to empathy, but unlike empathy, which is a feeling or an understanding of someone else's suffering, compassion is showing concern for someone else's suffering. Empathy, empathy often just kind of happens uh, without our control. It's just a feeling that a lot of people get. Compassion is more of a choice, a desire to take action and help alleviate that suffering. For those on the spectrum, there's this myth that uh, goes around, uh, see it all the time, and that's that we don't feel compassion, we don't feel empathy. Uh, really, it's that's um, completely not true. These emotions and feelings, they are felt, but not often understood, and especially not understood how to express them outwardly. Often, the logic brain overrides the emotional brain, so if someone is hurting, we logically analyze what needs to be done to make it all go away. That can often lead to trouble, since most of the time, at least in my experience, when somebody is lamenting what's going on with them and, you know, suffering or struggling or sad or 
otherwise not feeling great, uh, they generally aren't looking for answers. They're more looking for somebody to talk to, vent, uh, listen. And so they're looking for the empathy side of things, a pat on the head, I guess, and a there, there, rather than, well, if you weren't such a moron, these things wouldn't happen to you. So here's some tips on how to be less moronic. Now, if you follow my social medias, I linked to an article on Monday that had a reference to what they call the extreme male brain. The theory, and I don't believe any of this has actually been tested enough to determine its veracity, says that on the spectrum, instincts and desires can often go to an extreme form. Which just makes sense. That's why males are generally diagnosed more often than females. A female instinct is more kind of nurturing and caring. And so if the brain goes to the extreme, they are seen as more motherly. Being motherly and um, taking care of the household is really not seen as an autism trait. Men, on the other hand, are often wired to be more protective. Uh, and we tend to be a bit more stoic or even aggressive. Now, those second traits there, uh, or really all of those traits, I haven't dived into whether they are social-based, uh, something we've learned because of the society we live in. Some of that is, I know from my uh, studies of anthropology and other cultures. Or is this more genetic-based? Uh, perhaps I can get back into that at a, at a later date, do a deep dive into the actual sociology and anthropology behind the way men and women act in their particular social setting. Anyway, let's say that, you know, it is genetic. If aggression and the stoicism is genetically ingrained in men, the, the extreme version would be even more shut off and more aggressive. Extreme male brain wouldn't show the compassion or empathy nearly as well because it's being overridden by those extremes. The true intent of this episode, however, is not whether or not left of normal people can show empathy or compassion. It's really who should be showing the compassion and to whom. Because those on the spectrum might not quote unquote get it or understand things as easily or readily as the normies out there, the idea could be passed off that normies should be showing more compassion to the left of normal person. I believe that's in part true but not necessarily just for somebody that's left of normal. Anyone that is struggling with something, we should show them compassion to help them overcome the difficulties that their physical or mental capabilities might hinder. So if a left of normal doesn't get the social situation, then they should be shown compassion and helped out to better understand what's going on. But how does that work when compassion is shown over and over, and over, and the left of normal still acts out in a way that's not socially acceptable. So I was on Reddit the other day. Uh, there's a handful of autism subs that are more or less okay-ish. Uh, mostly anecdotal stories. A lot of uh, people that are on the spectrum post their feelings and thoughts and actions and various things that have happened to them, with the exception of the Aspie memes one, which is more just straight entertainment, and you can waste a lot of time there giggling at the 
memes that are posted. Anyway, on one of these subs, there's a picture of a bedroom, and it was just absolutely destroyed. A uh, mattress was on top of a dresser that was flipped over, clothes were strewn about, etc., etc. It was, like, ransacked. It was as though somebody literally came in searching for something and just destroyed the whole place. The text that went along with it said something along the lines of, My mom is mad because I had a meltdown when she changed my sheets. It went on to explain that this person, uh, the poster, the original, the OP, has a very particular sensory stipulation. And certain kinds of bed sheets are the only ones that will make them feel comfortable and underwhelmed and not overwhelmed. Maybe just whelmed. The response to new sheets, which apparently did not match those sensory requirements, was to literally throw things around the room. Should compassion still be shown just as strongly because this person didn't understand? Now, sensory overload is certainly real. It's an issue. Uh, many people on the spectrum have various uh, things, issues with their sensory stuff. Some it's noise, some it's texture, some it's taste, some it's smell, some uh, visual stuff too. The ransacking of the room or not doing so when overwhelmed, however, can be a learned trait. We can learn that if you're overwhelmed with a weird new sensory issue, you don't act out like this. Now, I don't know if this individual is a boy or a girl, child, teen, adult. I don't know their level of autism. I believe it goes one to three now instead of uh, the Asperger's. And uh, they don't even like to say high functioning anymore. So I don't know all the details or how much capability this person would actually have to learn the acceptable way to respond to new bedsheets. The question still remains, though. How much compassion is too much compassion to where we're to where the left of normal is just being coddled instead of cared for? All right, let's flip things around a bit, too. How much compassion does a left of normal need to show towards a normie? Are they given a free pass? Or the, is the left of normal given a free pass because they just don't get it? Or, quote, unquote, have a hard time understanding how to express their feelings? If... A normie is struggling with something, let's say one that's a little bit easier to see, a physical ailment that hinders their ability to do something. Should the left of normal be expected to show compassion? Because it's very obvious if somebody, let's say in a wheelchair, is struggling to open a door and compa showing compassion would be to open the door for them. Rather than, you know, maybe they don't want to, maybe they want the challenge, but the compassionate act would be opening the door. You get this. But what about something that's a little bit harder? What if they don't understand it? What if it's hard for the left of normal to show compassion? Should they still be required to do so? But if they don't show it, now does the onus fall back on the normie to have compassion on the left of normal for not being for not knowing or being able to show compassion to the normie? And then we could, you know, keep going that down that road and showing compassion because of the lack of compassion to the lack of compassion and the lack of compassion. Now, personally, I think it's uh, it's largely dependent on the needs requirement of the left of normal. Uh, most 
of those on the spectrum uh, that I have dealt with, that I've interacted with, a lot of them, I shouldn't say most, because I don't really know most people on the spectrum. Anyways, a lot of them should be just as expected to show compassion toward normies as the normies are showing compassion toward the left of normal. I'm coming from a standpoint of somebody like myself. I find myself to be just left of normal. Uh, and we can learn, those of us that are uh, in my same situation, we learn how to show compassion. Inside, it can often still feel very forced, uh, especially doesn't feel genuine, but it's what's expected and even required to live amongst other humans. So the bottom line is, some people with autism are just jerks. They're often hiding behind a veil of, oh, I didn't mean to be a jerk, I have autism, I'm blunt, I just tell it like it is, I don't sugarcoat it, I don't understand metaphors etc, etc, and so on and so forth. They're kind of given this pass because of their condition that allows them to collect all the compassion, but not have to distribute it in return. Just like there are normies that are jerks, there are autistics that are jerks. Now let's get into a little dynamic of siblings and the compassion between siblings or from parent to sibling. Uh, looking at between siblings first, uh, especially when one obviously is on the spectrum and the other or others are not. I only have one child. He's just left of normal, like much like myself, and I see a lot of the same things that now, as he's getting a little bit older, I see things that I did at his age, I see him doing those same things. So I don't have an incredibly accurate view of sibling-to-sibling -sibling interactions from the parent point of view. And I can only call on my experience with three brothers to see how it kind of all works and plays together, that dynamic. Now, of course, I was undiagnosed and unsuspected and all of that as a child. It like, wasn't even really a thing back then. So there was no uh, frame of reference. There was no way for my parents to say, well, you need to treat Scott a little compassionately because, you know, he has Asperger's. That's how my parents used to talk. Not anymore, though. Uh, so for my own son, I have to, I kind of try to just make sure he's not being a jerk. Often, I can end up being a bit hard on him and a bit too callous, calling out his behavior. And it's an area where I need to learn to show a little bit more compassion. But watching him and his interactions with parents, adults, peers, I can see he also needs to learn how to display and handle compassion as well. Uh, he's shown compassion. People show him plenty of compassion, especially my dad. Uh, tends to show too much compassion, which ends up creating a bit of entitlement. But then there's others, other adults, generally parents of peers that don't understand an ADHD autistic child. They show too little compassion and then end up demonizing him. So drawing from my own experience with siblings, I can see different dynamics between me and my brothers, uh, depending on which brother I was dynamicking with the interactions actually would be different. Uh, they, I couldn't, I learned that I couldn't treat them the same way. 
part of it was age difference, kind of a little uh, cultural difference, I guess, because of uh, one, especially my older brother, who is a bit older than me. My oldest brother. I see a lot more, and I did see a lot more compassion from him toward me. We're separated by about seven and a half years, so it does make sense that being more mature, he was able to understand little brother behavior a bit better. And so I don't believe it was full on, Scott's on the spectrum, so I need to be a little more compassionate to him. It's more of, I'm 13 years old and Scott's 13 minus seven and a half, five and a half years old, and five and a half year olds act like idiots. So, you know, just let him do his thing. Anyway, my next older brother, uh, I see a bit more calling me out on my behaviors and more in a ribbing, uh, joking at my expense uh, type behavior type uh, interactions. A little less compassion there. We're only about one and a half years apart. And even today, if I try to play up the same dynamic that I have between myself and my oldest brother, if I do that same uh, thing, I could go to my oldest brother and I could say... Something that's rather serious, but not incredibly serious. And he will come back with a serious response. I come to my next older brother with the same thing, the exact same thing. And he kind of mocks me and makes fun of me and turns it into a little bit of a joke. Um, it's an entirely different response with generally less compassion shown. Now, I think both are very necessary. I have the one dynamic, there's one interaction there that can be the compassionate one, and then the other one that just says, hey, don't act like a jerk. You're kind of dumb, so knock it off. Anyway, my younger brother, three, year, three years younger than I am, he doesn't put up with any of my BS. He never did. Uh, there wasn't any ribbing back and forth, good-natured joking. Uh, if I good-natured joked with him, he responded in anger. And vice versa. If he tried to joke with me, I told him he was an idiot and push him down. Uh, likely, the uh, I wasn't showing compassion towards him when you know younger brothers act like morons sometimes, and so he wasn't uh, showing it back. I don't know if it was that I didn't know how to show the compassion. Maybe I just didn't want to, or most likely I didn't think that he deserved it. Uh, so that one had less compassion going back and forth, flowing either direction. Uh, today, these dynamics are similar, but since we're not around each other all the time, uh, we can, and we're all hopefully acting like mature adults uh, in our late 30s and 40s, uh, it's not uh, not as difficult to show compassion when it's due. Sibling to sibling, it will likely be less compassion, in general, from a left a normal child to the normal child, because they're just less likely to recognize what it is and what should be done. I don't believe that gives them a free pass to be jerks, but it does create a teaching moment. If you're a parent of a, a mixed uh, batch of siblings. Sit down with the normie kids. Teach them that the left of normal child does not always know how to express things, and they will often come across as mean or rude. Teach them to show love anyway, so that the left of normal can learn and understand how it's done. But then also sit down with the left of normal kid. Help them understand that their actions, or sometimes lack of action, 
creates conflict and hurts other people. Use solid examples that aren't exactly open to interpretation, and they can't be twisted or redefined, uh, because I know from my own son, and probably my own, if I racked my brain hard enough, uh, my own thoughts from when I was little, I would find the one obscure exception, and i say, well, it's not always that way. Teach them how to show compassion. Teach the left to normal kid to show compassion because they're just, they're not going to just pick it up. It's not something that they're in tune to and they're not going to just do it. At least not till they're much older or when all sorts of friendships and relationships absolutely dissolve because even if they don't mean to, they're acting like jerks. Similarly, as an adult to the child, not just sibling to sibling, show compassion to the kid that needs it. If a normal kid needs compassion, show it to them. Separately explain to the left of normal why it was necessary, how you knew, and what you did to help them feel better. They'll learn from the example, and they can copy and mask until it comes a little bit more uh, naturally. But they will also learn from your discipline. It can't be all of compassionately teaching them to show compassion. When they act like a jerk, make sure they know that they're acting like a jerk and it's not appropriate. You might need to soften up the language. I found calling my son a jerk and telling him he's acting like a jerk generally does not create the best teachable moment. It just raises walls and conflict and divisiveness. So uh, should your left of normal child get priority treatment because they don't quite get it yet until you teach them to? Or should the normie child get priority treatment because they have to put up with all the left of normal's BS all the time? I'll let you decide that for your own household. For now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, please like, comment, subscribe, join the Facebook community, and feel free to ask questions over there. Hit the anonymous button if you don't want your name to be shown with it. Remember that... I just tell it how it is can often really mean I'm just a big fat jerk. And when that happens, left of normal should understand that people are not going to like being around people that are big fat jerks. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.